5. Great to have guests in the house. We're just so glad that you're here. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. I'm not trying to set a precedent by wearing a suit. You guys know the drill. All my clothes are dirty. Uh, John 5, <laughs> 1 through 9. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. We've talked about this, obviously. The name of our church is Bethesda. I've shown you pictures of what Bethesda looked like in this, in this passage. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. So we know that Jesus considers 38 years a long time. See that? A long time. Now there's another passage where Paul writes and tells Timothy not to despise his youth. And at the time he's probably 48 years old. Boom, right? Boom, youth is 48 years old. I like that. But a long time's 38. So he said to him, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Today I'd like to preach a message entitled, The Ultimate Life Hack. The Ultimate Life Hack. Yeah. It'll make sense. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. Speak to our hearts today, God. Give us a word in this first Sunday of 2022. And we just pray that it would make the difference, all the difference, Father. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. To hack means to cut, to cut through. Like you're going to cut through the swamp. That's next to my house. Or you're going to cut through the jungle with a machete. Computer hackers cut through code. They cut through protocols and firewalls to hack into your computer or your phone. And so you'll get those little messages and tricks where they're trying to fish for information and hack your system and get into your stuff. Get your money. Get your reputation. But... There's also such a thing as a life hack. Everybody say life hack. life hack. Life hack is one word now. You can go look it up. It was coined in 2005 by Danny O'Brien and Merlin Mann. And a life hack is often an inelegant solution that simplifies some of the things that we do in our everyday lives. A life hack makes our lives easier. I want to give you some examples of life hacks. Here's one you may not know about. If you're wanting to keep that door from latching, there's a life hack right there. See that? I got another one for you. 
That bucket's too big to fit under the sink, under the spout there. Use a clean dustpan. Well, you can use a dirty one if you want. And you can uh, fill that container just like that. Pretty cool, huh? There's a life hack for you. I got another one for you. Check it out. I've used this one before. I'm like, I needed something to hold my cookbook. There you go. Try a, a hanger. Here's another one. You want more ketchup in that stupid little cup? You unroll that butt bad boy and just stick it to him, right? I'm going to get more ketchup in this little cup. Unroll it. You can get all that ketchup right. Increase the capacity in that. Now, here's one you might not know about. Check this out. Doritos. Of course they're flammable, right? Why wouldn't they be? Use that, that bag of Doritos for kindling wood when you're out there, out there uh, camping. You know, you're doing your thing. Where did that go? Oh, it's down here. There it is. Thank you. I've got an illustration for you. You ready for this? That was my bad. That was my bad. I'm going to show you a little hack that I've got. So this is from PJ's. PJ's is my new jam. Well, it's been my jam for a while. Well, this right here is a granita. If you've never had a granita, you need to go get you a granita, get you some sugar-free vanilla in there, and get you an extra shot, and it will light you up, and you'll have fun in the meantime. This is what this is right here, okay? Now, here's the deal. I drive a convertible. Most of the time down here in the deep-fried, dirty south, it's 150 degrees. So I drive that convertible, turn the AC on, I go get my granita, and the thing starts sweating immediately. So I pick it up, it's just dribbling all over me, getting all over my stuff, and, and it, just, it just bugs me, right? just bugs me. And so I have a life hack. You ready for this? Check this out. What you do is you get you some napkins. I'm going to illustrate for this. Look, my lapel mic. <laughs> what you'll do, you'll get your napkin. Now, just, just, to be, just to be safe, you get two. You get two napkins. You put them like that. You put your drink in the middle, you take it, you wrap it, you get the sleeve, check this out, are you with me? And you stick it in there like that. And it will not drip on you. The double napkin is amazing. This is a life hack that has changed my life right here. Now at PJ's in the early days, they had these sleeves that were too thick. They were doubled up. They were folded under, they were doubled up, they were too thick. And it, it made this difficult. This wouldn't go all the way on. I figured a little something out. I unfolded it, opened it up, and it, it covered the entire cup. Valerie saw me do this one day, and there she's like, what are you doing? I said, honey, you don't understand. People are looking at right, me right now in amazement at what I'm doing. <laughs> this is an amazing life hack. It's a little life hack that I've had for some time now. Life hacks are pretty cool. It's amazing how just... One little life hack can make a difference in your life that really can affect you for the rest of your life. Now, to take it a step further, it's amazing how just one little instruction, one little revelation, one little bit of information can really change your life forever. It really is. Maybe you were at a crossroads and somebody spoke a word into your life, maybe about your college major, maybe it was a college counselor that spoke into your life and said, maybe you ought to try this or change that. Maybe 
it was regarding that girl that you were dating and Maybe it was about your career path. Somebody just spoke a little word to you and you took their advice and it altered your life for the rest of your life. It changed everything about you. Let me tell you this. You can get a word from God that can maybe be a nudge in just a different direction, maybe an unexpected direction for you. But that little life hack can be a supernatural event that changes your world forever and ever and ever a supernatural difference a connection to the supernatural power of God that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise what a difference a choice makes when you choose to heed his voice what a difference it can make in your life it can make all the difference Robert Frost concluded his poem the road not taken with these words I shall be telling this with a sigh Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. God can give you the ultimate life hack that makes all the difference in your life. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't you like that? The guy in our reading had been sick for 38 years. That's a long time. Jesus said so, 38 years. We don't know how long he had been going to this pool, but it seems like he's been going there a long time. There was a time when he saw this pool as his only way out of his condition, and he was a lame man. It's like he started buying lottery tickets because he was in debt. But 38 years later, he's still buying lottery tickets, and he's still in debt. He was never winning the lottery. And at this point, it looks like he's just going through the motion. He seems to have had a support system in place, some kind of support system, because there's a crew that would literally pick him up, apparently, Take him to the pool, get him set up, maybe some kind of some, you know, medical situation, MedExpress, whatever, some transport company would, would get him there, maybe a benevolent situation, but then they'd go about their day and leave him to fend for himself. That's why he would say to Jesus, I, I don't have a man. Think about it. He, he couldn't get himself to the porch around the pool, and yet he's supposed to get himself into the pool itself? It really doesn't make sense. He could negotiate, he could finagle his way. He said that, I would try to get in. He could get close, but he, he couldn't get in the pool when the water was stirred. Uh, so he could get close to where the miracle was, but he didn't have what it took to get to the miracle itself. It was always just out of his reach, right? It was always just out of his grasp. It was impossible for him to get into the pool the question is, why bother going there in the first place? I mean, why would you go there? I have a theory. You ready for my theory? I can't prove this, but this is my theory. Maybe the handlers in his life had worked out a deal, and they would show up like at lunchtime, give him some food, maybe get him to the restroom, something like that. And so his plan was, well, maybe the, the water will be troubled when my handlers are here, and then my handlers can help me get into the water at that time. 
So this takes his already impossible odds and just lowers them even more. His chances were exponentially more impossible, and 38 years had proven this. He was not going to get in that water and get healed. So the question could justifiably be asked, why are you doing this? Do you really want to be healed? And that's exactly what Jesus asked him. Jesus goes to this man and asks him, do you want this? Do you want to be healed? To which he replied, I have no man. Which is essentially saying, yeah, I want to be healed, but I know I'm not going to be. Now that's a sad state of existence. I, I want to be Jesus, yeah. But I, I know I won't be. Are you with me? I want to be. I, I really want, W-A-N-T. I want to be healed, but I won't, W-O-N, apostrophe T. I won't I will not be healed. Can I say this? Bethesda without Jesus is a place where people want to be healed, but they won't be healed. It's a place where they want to be restored, but they will not be restored. It's a place where they want to be delivered, but they won't be delivered. But a Bethesda with Jesus in the house is a place where anything is possible. Oh my God. I don't want to be a Bethesda where people want healing, but there is no healing. Where they want deliverance, but there is no deliverance. There has to be Jesus in this house. Not just lights and sound and, and personnel, but Jesus has to be in this house because where Jesus is, anything is possible. Give him praise right now. Hallelujah. That's why we're praying and fasting this week. Trying to position ourselves to get His presence in this place more and more and more. In these last days, in these days, we need Jesus like never before. We need Jesus to be in this house. May Bethesda Church not be a place where we go and go and go and go and there are no tangible results. We're just going through the motions. We're like the man, 38 years. I've been going to church 38 years and ain't nothing happened yet. No, I don't want to be like that. May Bethesda be a church where we go and we have a personal encounter with Jesus that changes our lives forever. There are people in this house today that need a miracle. And in 2022, there will be even more that come into this house. People who need healing, restoration, deliverance. And let me just say this right now. You may have been carried into this house by others, but you can walk out of this place on your own, empowered, because Jesus is in this house right now. Come on now. Jesus is in this house right now. When you have an encounter with Jesus like I'm describing, it's one that changes everything. It's the ultimate life hack. It changes everything about you. It redefines who you are. This man was the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. But then he became that man that was healed. The healed man. It redefined everything about him. It's your 
B.C. A.C. moment, before Christ, after Christ. Valerie and I think in in terms of our own lives like that, before Christ, after Christ, you do too. Everything changed, That, that moment where you met Jesus. So how did the healing power of Jesus get to this man? That's the question I want to deal with today, and that's really the crux of this message. How did he go from lying there for 38 years to being healed, taking up his bed, and walking? Let's look back at the text, starting with verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. So here we have Jesus approaching him and saying, do you want to be healed? He reminded this man of why he was there in the first place. You're not just here out of duty. You're here because I think you really want to be healed. I want to hear you. Do you want to be healed? Do you want it? He reminded him of why he was there in the first place. You're here because you want to be healed. Is that right? And the man's response lets us know two things. Number one, yes, I do. I want a miracle, but I don't have what it takes to get my own miracle. I can't get into the water. Why I'm trying to get in there, somebody beats me to it. He said, I have no man to put me in the water. The guy had been there so long and had not gotten his miracle And had figured out the reason why. And he settled on this particular reason. I don't have a man to help me. Somebody always beats me in. If you come to church long enough and don't get your miracle, you're going to come up with a reason why you didn't get your miracle. You're going to call it a reason. God's going to call it an excuse. It's gotten quiet. It's gotten quiet in this Episcopal church, right? (laughs) and when your excuse becomes your focus you're just marking time you're really wasting time Jesus then did something to this man that was amazing he shattered that moment that guy's like yeah but I just I just can't I can't get where I need to be so it's just awkward moment I would say it's kind of like you know this and yet you still come back right 38 flipping years we got any 38 year olds in the house Uh, 39 40 36 37 35 34 33 30 there there's there we got a few yeah yeah 38 years, 38 years, 38 years, we'll be married 38 years in five years, 38 years, he's coming back, it's kind of like, do you want this, yeah I do, but I'm not going to get it, so it's, it's an awkward moment, Jesus shatters that awkward moment, and he says, he commands, 
a lame man. Here's what I need you to do. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Think about that, James. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I do want to be healed, sir. Calls him sir. I like that. Mr., I want to be healed, but it's not going to happen. And here's why. And he lays it out. And Jesus says, yeah, yeah, okay. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. That's an amazing encounter. With, your encounters with Jesus are not going to look like any other kind of encounter in your life. Because common sense is like, I'm sorry to hear that, but maybe we can arrange some kind of situation where you can have some handlers on hand to help you and wait, and maybe we can, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it's, it, we can complicate things. Jesus just cuts to the chase and says, rise, take up your bed and walk. It's this challenging, ridiculous word. It's not a make sense kind of word. It's a make faith kind of word. Rise. I've been coming here 38 years these legs do not rise. This body does not cooperate. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. In other words, we're not going to leave this bed here because you're never coming back. Rise, get that thing, get out of here. You're going to walk, son. Get up and walk. It's ridiculous. I'm talking about how did he get the power to get healed? How did this happen? Well, the thing is, Jesus gave him this command and what happened was he did it in a fraction of a second. Jesus spoke the word. The man believed it. This was a life hack to this man. This was a life hack to this man. He had been paralyzed for 38 years. And the power that he received to walk was found in the word that Jesus spoke to him. That little bit of instruction was packed with enough power to heal a man who had been lame for 38 years. He never would have discovered the power of the word had he not obeyed the word that had the power. We want Jesus to do something for us and Jesus is saying, I got something for you to do. If you never do what he tells you to do, you'll never experience the power that's packed in the word of the living God. When the Lord speaks, there's power in the word. Jesus looked at nothing. The Lord looked at nothing. And he said, let there be. And there was. That's the way it works. He looks at nothing and creates with that. He looked at this man and said, rise, take up your bed and walk. There was enough power to heal him in that word. But the man had to rise, take up his bed, and start walking. At the word of the Lord. At the word. What is the Lord speaking to you that you have yet to do yet? There's power in that word. What's he telling you to do? And you're like, well, I can't do that. Do it anyway. There's power in the word to change your life. It's a life hack. He's trying to give you a life hack. I'm going to change your life forever. Rise. Take up your bed and walk. The power was in the word itself. He never would have discovered the power of the word had he not obeyed the word that had the power. Had he not interacted with the word that had the power. Had he not yielded to the word that had the power. He would have never been healed by the power in that word. Amen. That's a word for somebody in this room today. That's a word for somebody watching online today. God's spoken some stuff to you. 
and you're holding back? What's he asked of you to do? Stand with me right now. Some of us have not experienced the power of the word because we've been too busy discussing it, rationalizing with it, talking it over, reasoning with it. We're over here talking when we should be rising, taking up our bed, and walking. Revival is contingent on us doing the word. I don't have time to get into it, but that Old Testament story of Naaman, a Syrian, a Gentile, Naaman comes to the prophet. The prophet says, go dip seven times in the Jordan. He's like, I don't want to do that. It's a nasty river. It's like the Chifuncta. It's got alligators and crocodiles and snakes. We were just fishing in Florida, man. We had a phenomenal house, man. There were no fish in the lake, but there were alligators in the lake. I'm like, man, this would be a great place to swim. Not really. Alligators, snakes. Name is like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. It's a nasty river. We've been to the Jordan River. It's a nasty river. Nasty flies everywhere, nasty, muddy. He's like, oh, there's some pretty rivers, man. It's like northwest Arkansas kind of rivers, you know. And here we are at the Chafuncta. No, I don't want to do that. And that that servant of his is like, if he'd asked you to do something hard, you'd have done it. Go climb Mount Everest, you'd have done it. He's like, go dip in that river. It's not that hard. Just go do it. And when he did it, he was healed. What's God asked of you to do? We talk a big game. My question is, do we walk it? Do you have a faith talk and a fear walk? Come on now. What's your talk versus what is your walk? In 2022, there needs to be an alignment. Where my faith talk and my faith walk become one and the same. I'm not talking one thing. Oh, God is able. God is able, Pastor. He can do all things according to His riches. He can, he can, and nothing's impossible. And then we live a life based on anything but that reality. You lean on the arm of the flesh, you'll get what the flesh can get. You're waiting on people to get you in the pool, pool and in, into the right place and waiting on your miracle. And you'll wait and wait and wait like buying lottery tickets. But if you hear the word of the Lord and you hear and you believe that and you obey that, God will get you where you need to go. Your calling, your destiny is dependent upon you walking in faith. Walking and not just talking in faith, but walking in faith. Walking in faith. Walking. That's you walk into your calling. You walk into your destiny. Yes, it's a road less traveled. Everybody doesn't go there. Narrow is the way. But it is a faith way. A faith walk. A faith walk. I'm talking about the ultimate life hack. It's pretty cool. I don't have time to really finish this. Excuse me. Get a little caffeine. I'm sorry, a lot of caffeine. <laughs> Here's the deal. Jesus tracks this man down. It's pretty cool. And he said, hey, dude, I, I got another life hack for you. You need to cut your sin out. You got to quit sinning because something else is going to come on you if you don't. Something worse. It leads us to believe that in his life there was sin when Jesus healed him. It leads us to believe that part of the reason he was in the condition he was in was because of his sin. 
But here's the point, the amazing grace of God. He had sin in his life when Jesus healed him. You don't have to get perfect. You just need to do what Jesus says. I come against that spirit that tells you, well, you got to wait till you're all cleaned up before you get water baptized. You need to wait till you get better before God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. You got to wait. You got to wait. You got to wait. Let me tell you what you need to do is you need to wait on the Lord. You just need to wait on Jesus. Here I am, Lord. Warts and all, all my sin. God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I'm liable to fall again tomorrow, but God, I'll be right back here. Forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, you have that kind of attitude when he says, rise, take up your bed and walk. It's a good thing that fella didn't say, Lord, let me get my heart clean. Let me get myself right. Let me, let me change my way of thinking, God. Let me go get rid of this stuff I've hidden under my bed over here. No, he didn't do any of that. He just rose up, took up his bed and walked. He walked anyway. I'm telling you, you can have alcohol on your breath. You can be high as a kite. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. If you do what he says, God will do the rest. He'll do the rest. He'll do the rest. He'll do the, let God do the rest. He'll do the rest. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. I believe God can do anything. And I'm trying to remind myself of that in 2022. God can do anything. Jesus can do anything. The will of God is going to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's going to be done in Bethesda as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you close your eyes with me right now? Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we're just a bunch of folks that have struggled. And here we are in the house of the Lord. And the presence of God is in this place. I have felt you near. And where your presence is, anything is possible. God, there are life hacks that you are waiting to whisper into people's ears. Words from you. Rise, take up your bed and walk. I've called you to this. I've called you to that. I've led you. And you're in a miserable place. And you're like, I have no man. You've got all these excuses. But the Lord has come to take away your excuses and to give you a word and a challenge. Will you take it up? Will you take it up? I'm telling you, the peace is found in obeying the Lord, in walking in obedience to the Lord. That's where the peace is. That's where the peace is. In Jesus' name.